The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! Here's what's coming up on today's experience. Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where some of my daily devotions become part of our spiritual reflections so we can think about the Lord more, heaven more, the kingdom of God more, and all the nutty stuff around us a little less. How about that? Uh, sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life. I have no control over those other than when I ask something specific from Terrific T. So you just have to listen and see what happens. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. It's very simple. Whenever news outlets report about another other news outlets, it's not news. It's narcissism. Just remember that. That's easy. Lessons for our faith that we could actually use probably won't, but we could if we decide to be doers and not just hearers of the word. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Great question. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian, that whole process. Let me give you a really good example before we get into some of our breakdowns. So I had sprained my foot about uh, seven weeks ago because of our new puppy. And I was recovering. I even went to the gym. That was really good. And then uh, Noel and I are all on this commitment, this regiment. We're really going to do really good. And over the weekend, because the dogs have all these little chew bones all over the place, they were scattered all over in the middle of the night. When I walked out in the middle of the night, I stepped on one, and two enormous holes went through my foot. <laughs> so, and so I was saying something to Noel last night, going, you know, I'm just trying to get to the gym. And you know what she said to me? She said, maybe God's protecting you from something, like hurting yourself or something along those lines. Maybe you should think of it in those terms. Holy Jesus. She's more right than I am, right? I'm sitting there going, hey, hey, foot, holes, foot, sprain, leave me alone, foot, foot. And the Lord's probably just watching over me. That's what I'm talking about when you're living life as a Christian. It's like, how do you insert that? Well, you put Jesus in the picture. Look, you're going to have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, and we love that. 
We think that's great. But in this show, one of our goals is to encourage one another. We're not here to rip apart everybody else. I can do that all day long on a number of shows, and I can actually just go to Facebook and do it all day long on Facebook. Here's one thing I know. How many people have you changed their mind about because you gave your political and or other advice? Not many. (laughs) That's not the point. The point here is simple. Let's encourage one another to draw closer to the Lord as the day of the Lord's return becomes more and more evident and draws closer and closer. All you got to do to reach out to us, give us a call, 972-445-0770, 972-445-0770, and then you get to talk to Terrific T, and that is terrific. It is. Text us at 214-210-8483. It's 214-210-8483. Or you can email us, org. That's david at org. which leads me to the website. So before you get there, let me say this. If you go to the website, that is a place to give, and we appreciate that. We don't want to guilt you, nothing like that, nothing weird. Just if the Lord puts it on your heart, great. If he doesn't, no worries. Pray for us. That's all we can ask. Here's something I will tell you. At the front of the website, on the top of it, is a link for a free electronic book from the book I re-released. It's there. It's available. It shouldn't be 99 cents. It should be free. If it's 99 cents and you want reimbursement, tell me and I'll send you a dollar. Okay, that's how much I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to splurge a dollar. Anyhow, duh, go check that out. Please go to hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right. Now, keep in mind, if you have a prayer request or a praise report, you can also call them at those. You're allowed to do that throughout the show. You don't always have to have a trivia answer. You can just engage. It's fine. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord. This is not your church. This is a fellowship, and we try to fellowship together. It's kind of what we do. So there's so much to tell you, but so little time. So I'm going to give an update for our good friend Samson, who is not yet called in, but we do have a running tally, so I'm pretty excited about that. And we're going to talk about that whole process as well, and then in the beginning part of the next segment, we will do some praying. Little Easton having a little bit more struggle uh, today. Uh, The family's been praying, and he seemed to have have really taken, in the last hour, a, a good turn. So I'll talk about that after we do our teaching. In the meantime, I do want to get into the psalm because I think it's worthy for us to make sure we are diligent in the word. Psalm chapter 6, verse 1, King David writing, saying, O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are troubled, my soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? How long? Here is a wonderful psalm that people do not realize what David's talking about. Uh, If you get into the commentaries, you're going to find out that there's a sickness appears that that is going on, and it appears, and I'm giving you all that that kind of caveat, by almost every commentator that David's sickness, he knows, is because of something he's done wrong. Now, does that happen all the time? No. Not at all. But can it happen? Sure. (laughs) Of course it can. And in this case, apparently David knew, uh (laughs) uh-oh, 
<laughs> I did something wrong. Uh-oh. And so his whole plea is kind of different than his normal pleas. In this one, he says this. Uh, okay, don't rebuke me in your anger. Don't chasten me in your hot displeasure. Have mercy on me. I'm weak. So instead of him trying to justify anything, David does something that all of us should do when we're spending time with the Lord. And you know the Holy Spirit's doing this conviction process in your life. Every person all over the place, when you know the Lord is challenging you and you have messed up, and yes, it happens, you own it. You don't sit there and try and justify it. You don't sit there and try and tell God, well, I did this because of this, or this happened because of this. Listen, there are times where you will walk and you will go through great seasons where you will have an excellent Christ-like spirit, and you'll do really good. And you should be aware of that and appreciate that. There are other times that you will engage, and in the walk, you might have a stumble or two. This is why it says, you know, that we should be praying, confessing to one another and praying for one another that we may be healed because the sins in our lives create damage. When there is something going on in your life and you know the Lord is challenging you, and I'm not just talking about the big major sins. I'm not just talking about adultery. I'm not just talking about hatred in your heart. I'm not just talking about massive jealousies. I'm talking about when the Lord's been telling you to have more faith, when he's been guiding you to to, to operate with greater patience, when he's been dropping it in your mind and heart to be less judgmental, to be more full of love, to walk in the fullness of the Spirit. When these things are taking place and he drops these on you and you know it's the Lord being challenged by the Holy Spirit, being challenged by the Word of God, being challenged when you go into fellowship with people that you trust and have a, a connection to— You do the smartest thing you could ever do. You own it. You don't sit there and defend it. You don't polish it. You don't hide it. You don't try and make something out of it. You lift it up to God and go, oh, help me, I'm weak. (laughs) Because first of all, God knows. There's nothing that you're going to tell him. There's no persuasion that's coming out that you're going to convince him of otherwise. And it's important to understand that in these kind of deliverances, this is not a righteous stand. And David doesn't take a righteous stand. He doesn't say, Lord, consider all my good things. Not in this psalm. (laughs) He does that in another psalm. That's a separate issue. In this psalm, he just goes, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Whoops. And that happens. Do not rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. Dave's done something wrong. Here it is. He's confessing it. And he says, Lord, I'm weak. Heal me. Because sin creates problems for all of us in many different levels, and healing is what we need. Oh, we've got that forgiveness from a judicial point of view. Fantastic. But if that sin that you're struggling with is wounding you time after time, you need healing. And you need strength from the Lord. And it's important for us to to understand that we are strong in the Lord, but in ourselves, we're weak. And it's like, okay, I need help. I'm not smart enough. I'm not brave enough. I'm not understanding enough. I'm not walking in the Spirit enough. And again, I'm not trying to drop something on you from a legalistic Larry point of view. I'm trying to tell you whatever your thing is, that's your thing between you and God. But the Lord is not putting it in your life and challenging you on it for nothing. 
He has a purpose. Most of that has to do with you reflecting Jesus Christ more and more. So own it, confess it, surrender it, and ask for help in it. All right, we get back. We'll show what the, what lengths David went. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. All of mankind destroying everyone and everything we find. The David Spoon Experience is now run by He Must Increase Ministry. What this means is that we are no longer operating as a regular business, but as a nonprofit ministry that is devoted to increasing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Bible believers, the wounded and forgotten believers, and the not yet believers through biblical truths. We are funded by listeners like yourselves and ministry partners that want to provide sponsorships for the show. Your donations are 100% tax deductible. And the great news is, if you donate to our ministry and help us advance the kingdom of God, we won't give you a thing. That's right, you'll get no special prize or gimmick. You won't ever get an anointed Bible or penny in acrylic so that you're never penniless, or a guarantee that you'll become rich just because you gave. Your giving will support our unique idea of biblical encouragement. And what you'll receive is a receipt for your giving at the end of the year. It's all about sowing and reaping. Cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you'll be laying up treasures in heaven. And that's the most excellent place to receive the best return for the longest time on your investment. What happens if you don't give? Nothing except more commercials like this one. Let's spare everyone from more commercials like this one. Go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. And give if you're led to and if you're able to. Let's keep the show going and help increase its time and reach. You must like this show a little bit because, after all, you're hearing this commercial, right? Thank you. The David Spoon Experience. So in this position, I have the opportunity to interview people and have so for the last five years from all across the range of Christianity, uh, from from authors and from actors and musicians. We are about to have an opportunity we've never had on this show. We actually have Lee Strobel on the phone with us. It was 19 years ago, I believe, this September 1st, where his book came out, The Case for Christ. If you're Jewish like I am and then became a Christian, that was when you went, oy vey. This book was a life changer for many, and now it's a movie. Lee, are you there on the phone with us? I am, David. How you doing, my friend? I am doing fantastic. Thrilled to have you on the show. It's Thank my you. privilege. I'm just, I just got to start. I know they give you a list of questions just so you can know, Lee. I never use them. So, uh, good for you. <laughs> it's like, come on. I want to tell you, we're brothers Absolutely. here in the Lord. Talk to me. First of all, you wrote this book, The Case for Christ. Let's first talk about the writing of the book, and then we'll talk about that connection to the movie. Why did you write this book? 
Well, I didn't start out to to do that. I mean, um, I was an atheist. My wife became a Christian. So in order to try to rescue her from this Christian cult, I uh, decided to use my journalism training and legal training and uh, disprove Christianity to um, show that the resurrection never really happened. Uh, of course, I ended up coming to the opposite conclusion and ended up coming to faith. But I, I, I did this investigation for my own edification, for my own education, not because I wanted to write a book. And then it was actually later my wife said to me, hey, you ought to write a book about that. I said, really? And she said, sure. So uh, that's how the book came about. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas, where I've got a good handle on my radio voice because it sounds really good right now, and I'm just doing it out of my diaphragm, and you could just hear everything I'm saying like I'm a professional radio person. Okay. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, here's our trivia question. Was that funny or what? People, Not a lot of people understand that. But anyway, uh, what was the name of the devout and righteous man who met Jesus in the temple when Jesus was circumcised? What was the name of that guy? What was the name of the devout and righteous man who met Jesus in the temple when he was circumcised? If you think you know the answer, two pronunciations on that, by the way, uh, you can call 972-445-0770. That's the number to call. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email David at he must increase.org. We're going to start off and do our DNA right away because then I want to go into some prayer. And the DNA kind of revs me up a little to help me do the prayer. And so I just want you to be aware of what we consider the DNA, what we should be operating with on an everyday basis. D stands for draw closer to the Lord daily. Daily. Every day spending time with the Lord. The word daily is more often in scripture than people think. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his word. Never be ashamed of Jesus or his words or he'll be ashamed of you. And A, always be ready to serve, serve, which means you are ready to be a vessel for the Lord, for his glory to other people, which means you are considering other people, not just yourself. That's the way we want to walk with our DNA. All right, now. I'm going to do a brief prayer for Easton. Uh, I'll just give you a quick summation. So about uh, two or three hours ago, Julianne texted us, hey, we're having a hard time. Easton's having a hard time. Just want to get everybody together to pray. And about an hour ago, she texted saying he's actually doing a lot better. Let's have people keep praying. So I just want to pray and have the audience just give a big amen to it. You can just be with me in it. I, I just have a great confidence in all of you. So let's just pray. Father, we come before you right now. We lift up Easton to you. You have this touch in this child's life. He's done so much to challenge people in faith and even to have them operate in faith where they never did before. You've already used him to your glory. We think that's awesome. But we also ask you that you would bring relief, not just for my daughter, but for my grandson, and that you would bring mercy into their lives. You would bring a peace into their household, and that there would not be any kind of frantic spirit, but a confident spirit in your faithfulness. We ask you for your healing. We ask you for your touch. We ask you for your love to just surround the situation, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay. See, that's a good one right there. 
Amen. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was the name of the devout and righteous man who met Jesus in the temple when he was circumcised? So you got to be thinking when Jesus was young, right, when he was circumcised, like eight days old kind of thing, that kind of thing. If you think you know, reach out to us at 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483. Now I'm going to go back to this text, and this part, there's going to be a little bit, sometimes when I teach things, there's a little bit of, uh, oh, well, that's not really what he's saying kind of thing, and that happens, and I don't mind. I've never asked anybody on this show to agree with everything I say. In fact, I really think it's really important between you and the Lord to agree with what God shows you. I do. I, I think that's the critical key. I think you need to be right before the Lord and be able to stand there and say, this is what I thought you were communicating. That's an important part, okay? But as we get into different texts, you always find out, and I always try and tell you, there's probably, you know, four views on almost every basic text. We're going to hit one that has two points of view, and I'm going to share the one that's least popular, okay? So we're going to take this call first, then we're going we're gonna to do that. But I'm going to share the least popular point of view only because I'm guilty of it, so that's how I relate to it. Is that terrible? Yeah, that's how I got it. Share it with you. All right, do we got somebody ready? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? David, this is Brother Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my good friend? I'm uh, I'm, I'm up right now. I was a little down this morning, but I'm up and running, doing good right now. So, Bess, um, I want to mention something for Easter. And I think all of us should be in agreement. We should all, when you pray, uh, say, Lord, we agree with, with David Spoon about this kid. And I, I keep thinking, how can you? I don't know how. I, you know, I know these these are questions we wonder. All the power of heaven, and we can't get a kid healed. I, I just bugs me. But I know that's a, my fault to even bring that up. But uh, nope, it's uh, fair. Yeah. It's fair to bring it up. That's that's a righteous and it's a serious. It's a righteous indignation, which is a good thing, not a bad thing. So I, I mean, I appreciate it, and believe me, I've I've bombarded heaven. And then the Lord tells me, okay, I got it. Okay. <laughs> a couple of times. A couple of times I give some other words, but we won't talk about that. That's that's a, that's a separate conversation. So but I, I love that you stand with me in that and, and and I just I just I bless you for that. And I'd like you to pray for him real quickly. Because you you got the you got you only take 20, 30 seconds. Just pray for Easton. I'm gonna be in agreement with you. All right. Uh, Father in heaven, uh, with all the powers of heaven that is his mercy and grace on others before our time. We're asking for that mercy and grace today for Easton, that his little body, his <laughs> little body be, be healed and set free from pain and misery in Jesus' blood and name. Thank you, Father. Amen. And I agree with that and pray that and agree with you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So now you know how much I love you, brother, so I appreciate that. And I'm standing with you and you're standing with me, so we just keep... You know how many times? Until he opens the door. That's how many times I'm going to knock. Um, all right, so I want to go back to the trivia question. Got to take that uh, step backwards. I know it's hard, but we got to do it. Uh, what was the name of the devout and righteous man who met Jesus in the temple when he was being circumcised when he was just a little guy? I don't know why I want to say Zechariah, but I don't know if that's right. Uh, okay, Zechariah. it starts with an S, and you used to play it as a kid. You would say, blank says. Simon. Yeah, that's it right there. That's it. 
So some people say it's Simeon and some people say it's Simon. It's like, that's okay. Okay, if you're from the, it's tomato, tomato, it's okay. It's not a problem. But yeah, so he was the one that said, the Lord, the Holy Spirit told him, you're going to see the salvation of Israel. He's like, I am. And then he saw him. He's like, I did. Wow. That's <laughs> the salvation of Israel. Yeah. Amen. Good, I, I appreciate y'all guys. And uh, God, everybody Get be in agreement with everything. Let's let's get it done. Amen. Amen, Amen brother. Thank you, and thank you for your prayers. Sure. All right. God bless you. Ace's passion. I love Ace. He's such a great guy. All right. Let's now. I only got like three minutes to finish up on this one thing, and I'm going to do it really fast because I don't want to leave it hanging. So I just want to. And again, don't get mad at me. <laughs> get mad at me. I don't care. Uh, so David and his little. Uh, uh, situations like, Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your heart, hot displeasure. Have mercy on me. I am weak. Heal me. Heal my bones. My bones are troubled. My soul is also greatly troubled. But you, O oh Lord, how long? How long? And then he says, Return, O oh Lord, deliver me. Oh, save me for your mercy's sake. Here it is right here. For in death there is no remembrance of you, and in the grave who will give you thanks? So when David said that, it wasn't that David believed there was no eternity. It was David's way of saying, if I'm in the grave, I can't be thanking you the way that I'm thanking you to people right now. I mean, look at my psalms. Look at these songs. Look at these things I've done. Look at the things I've told people. I've always tried to point to you and give you the glory. Now, there's a lot that you can say. You can throw a lot of righteousness in there. But the truth of the matter, from my perspective, is David says, hey, in death, nobody's remembering you. In death, they're not having these big praise rallies. In the grave, they're not doing these big shout-outs for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I see this, and I think David's like going, hey, if I die, you're going to get robbed. And that, my friends, is classic Jewish manipulation. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I know you don't think so, but you're wrong. He's like going, hey, if I die, you're going to get the short end of the stick because I won't be out there praising you. <laughs> this, is, this is something that you would think, no, no. Okay, let's get to the honest Christian response, okay? You're right. Nobody's ever tried to manipulate God. You have never prayed, Lord, if you do this, I'll do this. <laughs> Wait, let me ask you, how many hundreds of times have you prayed that, let alone thousands? Okay? It's not that God doesn't know, but even the best of us will use this kind of approach. It's like, Lord, this is this, and this is this. Abraham used this approach when he goes, well, if there's 50 righteous people, you're not going to blow up the city, are you? God goes, no. He goes, 40. <laughs> it's like, this is the thing. This is engagement with God. It's how you interact. No, you don't understand everything about him. Yes, he is holy. But there is an element with the holiness that says you get to have him as a dad, as a father, and as a friend. And in those realms, that's where you negotiate. <laughs> it's like, no, it didn't work. But it's awesome to see great men and women of God do things that I do so I can know I'm not just doing everything poorly. I'm a normal believer who loves the Lord. That helps me. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas, taking a short break. Top of the hour. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
David Spoon experience. There was a pastor. Now, I use that word with some reservation. Having been involved in uh, ministry and having the privilege of planting seven churches uh, throughout the United States and having three separate ordinations, I have a tremendous amount of respect for people who commit their lives into ministry. Uh, But whenever there's somebody on television or anywhere else that uh, is a nut job, then uh, I just call it like I see it. Okay, now that's what I call it. Call it like I see it. On the Sean Hannity show, uh, roughly about uh, two weeks ago, a reverend, so-called Reverend Oliver White was on the show, and uh, Reverend Wright said this, and I'm going to repeat it because some of these things are just unbelievable. He said that Jesus was wrong about marriage. At least he didn't have the audacity to say he never said anything about marriage. He said Jesus was wrong about marriage and that marriage should be more than between a man and a woman. And then he proceeded to say this statement, ladies and gentlemen. He said this. Now, this isn't even the thing that's irritating. Then he proceeded to say this. If Jesus were alive today, he said, he would say, I didn't know it all. This is a man who's supposed to be representing Jesus Christ as a minister. This guy's no minister. And if you want to say, well, that's judging, I'll take that judgment all day long. All day long, I'll take that judgment, no matter what anybody says. Here's a guy that says two things. One, Jesus was wrong about marriage. Two, if Jesus were alive today, any person who proclaims or professes to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and questions whether Jesus Christ is alive today or not is not a minister, but a false teacher. I don't care. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you think that's mean. That's irrelevant. Facts are facts. And here's the thing that just overwhelms me. This overwhelms me, ladies and gentlemen. Any person who is in public office, now this goes with this, all three, three of these things go together. Any person who is in public office who changes their convictions about same-sex marriage because another family member has made a decision to go into the lifestyle of being gay or lesbian, any person who changes their convictions, their biblical Christian convictions, based on another family member changing their status uh, into a, a gay or lesbian lifestyle, and then that person then changes their Bible convictions to, uh, to accommodate their family member is not fit to be a Christian. That's right. I said it. 